Hey, what's again, and everyone? Welcome back to Rogue Opinions. My name is Nathan, and we don't we don't have a lot going on right now, so I'm just going to shoot the shit with someone. And out of nowhere, it's Jimmy. Jimmy. Hey, what up, Nathan? Not a lot. Not not a lot. Well, there is a lot, but we're going to get to it because the content is to come. During oh yeah. Podcast. Oh yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, we we didn't have a lot going on at the minute, so we thought we'd just do a nice little update just on the world in general of all the things that we may have missed throughout life, and all the shit that we may not have got to, and all the stuff that we just didn't talk about because we were busy. And uh, Jimmy, how's New Jersey? Uh, it's, you know, it's but getting colder and colder by the day, turning into a frigid wasteland of, I don't know, swampiness. And, uh, yeah, uh, the, with the holidays coming in, people's brains are shutting off more and more. Um, so there's that. There's that. Uh, how is, how is the, the, the grand, uh, great British kingdom that you live in? Jimmy, I have a Nerf gun on my desk. Do you know what a Nerf gun is? Mm-hmm. Would you rather be shot in the eye with my Nerf gun, or would you rather hear me talk about how much I love The Completionist? Ooh, The Completionist sounds fun. Why don't you uh, f- fill everybody in if they haven't heard of the, uh, the Completionist and what he does? So, Jared from The Completionist, who is the guy from The Completionist, shout out to him. I don't know who, what his Twitter name is, but he doesn't need me for promotion. But um, I got lost down a rabbit hole before we started in this podcast of Jared from The Completionist on YouTube. And he effectively takes games from the past, present, and not the future because that would be impossible, and completes into 100% all your collectibles, all your side missions, all your, all your horseshit, and then does reviews of them. And, man, it was so much fun. I watched all, f- all of the Arkham series of him just completing them to 100%, and his YouTube videos, they're fantastic. So make sure you go check them out if you're listening. Jimmy, have you ever completed a game to... I know you're a gamer. Ever completed a game to 100%? Uh, yeah, the uh, the first two Bioshock games. I've gone back and completed those several times. Uh, just running around Rapture and uh, getting all of the, the journals and the weapons and the upgrades and whatnot. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I, I've taken a lot of time to play those games quite extensively. Hey, hey, Jimmy. Yes, hey, Jimmy. sir. Yes. TL- TLC is on the 15th of December. Would you kindly review it with me? TLC? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that there's maybe two matches announced and the pay-per-view is next week. Uh, did, did you get what I did there? Yeah, yeah. That was clever, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling suddenly compelled to, 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 to watch <laughs> to- TLC. <laughs> And to review whack it me, for... to whack me in the head with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, there's that scene. I, 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 there's that scene in Bioshock One where you beat the holy fuck yeah, out of uh, Andrew Ryan <laughs> with the with the uh, with the, the the golf club. Or was it and a golf club? Not it's a golf club Sorry. because uh, Andrew Ryan. Uh, for those who don't know, Andrew Ryan is the man who created Rapture. Is not a man entitled to the sweat of his brow. 
no, says the man in Moscow. It is for the people. Um, <laughs> and, like, he, he goes on this big, long rant about how, like, your character uh, is just a pawn and whatnot. And because your character is a pawn, over the radio that you have, um, I believe his name is Atlas, he comes over the radio and he asks you to kindly hit Mr. Ryan in the head with a uh, golf club that he had been using uh, during his monologue to like taunt you Would with you kindly. Would you kindly? Which is the key phrase in the Bioshock in, fir- in the first Bioshock game to where your character? You, you're the you're the big is it big daddy? You're the big daddy, aren't you? In two, the little girl. The little girl. What's it? who's the little girl? I can't remember now. The little sisters. Little sisters. I haven't played it since it first came out on Xbox 360. The, but, um, in the second one, you are a big daddy. In the first one, you're a guy who's on a plane. Um, oh, I, I, would, I remember. You, yeah, and you crash land at the, the start. Ocean. That's it. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I actually like. I, this is a little bit of a controversial opinion. I like Bioshock Two way better than One. I love them both. Don't get me wrong. But I just I like the idea of uh, being able to use your um, your plasmids, which is essentially like your mana, your magic abilities, and your weapons at the same time. Also, being able to switch out and use the giant drill is a lot of fun. I, I think I remember Bioshock One more, but I I played them when they first came out, so we're going back to two thousand. Bioshock was it two thousand seven? Mm-hmm. That was Bioshock One. Bioshock Two. 2009. 2009 or 2010, and then uh, and it was like 2013, I think. I remember Bioshock Infinite well, but I also don't remember liking it that amazingly. It, it was sort of like Bioshock had had a one-night stand with Call of Duty, um, and they also... Because <laughs> like, you could sprint, and that was different yeah. the other, from the other couple of games, and like... The gameplay just seemed a little bit more uh, open because you were up in Columbia, uh, which is a yeah, floating city above floating the ocean. City. I don't remember it super well, but I remember because Bioshock always has a twist, and there was that lady who was with you the whole time, and the whole time I was just like, "Well, she's the bad guy," and then she was the bad guy, <laughs> and it's been like a—it wasn't really a twist, but well, in a sense, uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't beaten Bioshock Infinite. But technically, you're the bad guy because you be, you grow up to become Comstock. Buh, buh, buh. <laughs> and, yeah, and there's like a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. I, I, I liked it a lot better on a second playthrough because when I bought Bioshock Infinite, I was expecting more Bioshock and less other games that were around at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and Insomniac, I think that's who does it. Insomniac or 2K. 2K, if you're listening... Um, and, and we know you are. Please make more Bioshock. I would like to go back to this to the to the city at some point. See yeah. more. Two K. They they got issues. They, yeah. they got yeah. they got they got, some, they got some big issues. They got some big issues with the um with the grapple people right now. And apparently, they, a lot of people left after Two K twenty. Yes. Some people have gone, and the budget for 2K21 has been slashed, which is the obvious answer, because, Jimmy, I don't know if you know this, but if you're making a yearly franchise and you fuck up, the answer is to spend less on the next one. Well, I mean, it's that's an interesting thing to do, though, because most of the time when something is going wrong, especially like in sports or something, not looking at any team in particular, <coughs> Yankees, <coughs> um, you tend to... <laughs> 
you tend to uh, just throw more money at a problem to try and make it better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what you're saying is, Jimmy, if you had a five year contract to do, let's say a five year contract to do podcasts with me, and we're not looking at any real world examples there, but you're not paid, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, wait a and second. Then, I'm gonna have to talk to my fucking. My lawyer said I got a great deal for this. <laughs> and in year two, things went wrong. In year three, would your answer be to not try at all to repair the problem from year two? Uh, um, no. Like you would try and repair it. You're under contract. So what you're saying is. You wouldn't you wouldn't slash the budget to your contracted yearly podcast, especially after losing like uh, especially after like losing, you know, like a large portion of the team uh, that was like working on this game, throwing less money at the situation to fix it once you've already lost a handful of people just means 2K21 is going to be like even worse oh, than 2K20. It's doomed and I'm taking a mickey a bit and i understand how um because i've got friends who are in the industry over here in britain i completely understand how very fucking difficult game development is yeah and um it's it's tricky and they work to disgusting deadlines and they don't often get done what they need to get done because as much as everyone wants to think computers are completely up to date you could do whatever you want shit takes time and I'm someone who my day job is IT. I completely on IT isn't as seamless as everyone thinks it is. It's not in any way, even in my job, which seems so simple. My job revolves mostly around databases and everyone would think, like, oh, that's fucking easy. No, shit takes time. And sometimes, and those guys worked to horrible deadlines and now there's less of them and there's less money. So if any... Everyone has a complete right to complain about 2K20. I've not played it, but it looks a mess. Yeah, I've watched a lot of those um, like big like, yeah. review videos and stuff, and there are just people's legs cut out from them at periods oh, of time. It's... People slide through the ring to the outside. Uh, just It just looks like they got about a third of the way through it and just went, oh, fuck this, and just oh. decided to not do anything with it any longer 100 percent. and as i said I, my day job isn't it's not podcasting for what everyone thinks my j my day job is it so when i see shit like this i just it 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 pains me because i i understand why this shit happens and it is horrible to look at but oh god it's not good. And there's so... The first thing I think as someone in the industry is, shit, those people didn't have enough time. You shouldn't be releasing... What was the, the first patch was like 16 gigabytes or something like that. And I might That's be wrong on that number, but it was multiple gigabytes, the first patch. And... Um, that sh that's not right and i know that those people work to such deadlines and if you're slashing the budget and you've got less people it sounds really horrible to say but 
I know it's nothing to do with WWE, really. They just license they just license the the people and the arenas and the the images. I I seriously would consider just take. I don't know what a contract is, but I think the license needs to go. Yeah, I, I think, think I think you need to say THQ. Wait, THQ does that still exist? I think THQ are gone, aren't they? Um, I think they've been absorbed at this point by uh, other. Uh, ga- I, yeah. I, I I apologize. I don't have the like. No, I don't. Either, but I think they need. I think two K need to. I think they need to go. I think there's a serious issue with. I'm sure. I am. I don't know the people, but I'm 100% sure that two K probably li- license it to another developer. I would very much doubt two K are doing this themselves. I reckon there's probably a smaller subsidiary or subcontractor underneath them. But um, I think they need to go. I think someone else needs to take this license. I think someone else needs to take the license. I think that it's that it's time that the uh, the games get sort of like a facelift. Um, and just they get like a new team in there with a new direction. And I feel like maybe skip 21, skip the next game and be able to take the time to develop something that's going to work and something that's going to be uh, fun. Because I was never really a fan of the 2K series to begin with. I grew up playing the SmackDown games for the first couple PlayStations. And that's sort of more uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater version of a wrestling game was more entertaining to me than the, um, like... Like, the way that the the game is set up now, uh, like, with the last couple of games, because I've played uh, 18 and 19 a little bit, and it's just, for some reason, I could just never fully get into them as much as I wanted to play them and as much as I wanted to get into them. I never really took the time, because I was like, this is just something new that I'm going to have to, like, like, bother to try and learn and get down, and, like, I don't know, like, I'd much rather continue to play fucking Spider-Man or, you know, something like that. You know, because that's simple. It's it's available. It's it's um, help me out here. What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, it, it's it's access. It's just accessible. Like you can pop the game on and you already pretty much know what you're meant to do because yeah. you're in there. And the 2K games for someone who grew up with the other brand of wrestling games for so long, it just it felt too different to me. It's the difference between when the games were THQ and Ukes. And um, and then they went to 2K and Visual Concepts are the developers. 2K are the publishers, and a minute, but Visual Concepts are the developers. Uh, they went from arcade to simulation. Yeah. And I think where my favorite, and I think uh, Jimmy, how old are you? Uh, I just turned 30 last two weeks ago, last week. Oh, so you're you're um, you're well, two and a bit years older than me. But I remember like Here Comes the Pain and Shut Your Mouth. Those are my glory days of the oh, for sure. games. For sure. For sure. Um, so 2K and Visual Concepts, and Visual Concepts being the developers and 2K being the publishers, 2K were definitely the controllers in that. And um, I think they, the developers, and I feel so bad for the people on those games, they've done have enough time. I think they just need to have it maybe just taken away from them go back to a more arcadey stuff the only problem is when you say take 2k21 away from people you're then taking money away from the people who are in the game because the people who get the game like the cover stars and all the superstars they get a check from that uh they'll they'll get a cut from jim ross 
on his podcast grilling jr he always he when they whenever they talk about the games he talks about oh yeah i get a nice fat check for doing the voice on that he always talks about the money he gets from that so mm-hmm. i wouldn't want 2k21 to be skipped because if the superstars are getting some money from it you don't want to take money away out of people's pockets so here's um, the Here's a question I have for you. Are we living now in a world where WWE should pretty much be almost more like Disney, where they start to keep everything in-house? And by that, I mean, like, do they try and bring on a small group of independent um, developers and game people and just sort of make the WWE game in-house? No. And um, they're... I don't think they should because those those making those games and publishing them and getting them out to different platforms and ensuring they work on different platforms and everything like that, that's mm. a heck of a lot of work. That's an absolute ton of work. And um, that's more work than I think by the time you've employed a team of people to ensure you get the licensing for things to go on the Microsoft Store, to go on the PSN Store, to... Um, to work on PC and on Xbox. And if you want to go onto the Nintendo switch and you want to go onto that and to employ a team of developers and to have a publisher and to have a team of developers, um, that's incredibly expensive and time consuming. And to do those things like capturing people's images and things like that, uh, that's a heck of a lot. That's a, a massive process. And it, takes a heck of a lot of time that's why even when games like i know ea uh, electronic arts they're notorious for their yearly those yearly games but you hear the footballers and if you want to hear the story of peter crouch on one of his podcasts um told a story about where they got scanned for the fifa games and he was on about that was a whole day process and it is a whole day process to capture those people's image. I don't think WWE as much money as they have. If they were to take that in-house, they wouldn't have the money and the time to invest into making the games as good as they are and to look as good as they are. That's a massive process. And uh, I think maybe sometimes people forget that, just how big that process is. And I believe it, that's kind of what I did just now is that I just forgot it, it's, that they it's have to huge. redo all of that. You have to to get people's body image and to scan them, to put them into the game, to animate them. That's a heck of a long time. And like for example, the the these podcasts, these podcasts take us talking into the microphone and then me taking the audio away and putting music at the front of them and cutting out any of the awkward silences that you guys don't get to hear and, um, and things <laughs> or like the that. incredibly offensive <laughs> things that we say when we're drunk. Yeah, all the shit that I t- I cut out and things like that. It's a process, and it's a process that takes multiple hours to then ensure that it gets up in the best quality that it can. Now imagine expanding that into a yearly franchise that people are willing to pay, well, what, $60 or £50, I think, most new games. £50 if you're in the UK. Um, Most games retail $49.99, so I presume that's $59.99 American. And uh, making it worth that, that's a large time. But um, 
I think it's such a shame that people have left over it. That's the point we're getting to. I think 2K20, it's a disaster at this point. And I think that showed in its Black Friday sales. It was on for like 50% off already. Yeah, yeah. I remember I, I work at uh, Target over here in the States. And uh, it, that was one of the few games that were like heavily, heavily discounted. Um, another thing that was that was heavily discounted, which I wasn't assuming was going to happen, was we we were able to get Kingdom Hearts three for fifteen dollars at one point too, and like, but then you have other games like uh, Borderlands three. Borderlands three remained at forty dollars, uh, and it's totally normal for these games to yeah. come out and be discounted for Black Friday and stuff because it's a huge deal, um, you know, for the holiday season. But also. Jedi Fallen Order remained at sixty dollars, fifty nine ninety nine over here in the states. Uh, it remained at sixty dollars when it, like, when it hit Black Friday because it had just come out and whatnot. There were no discounts, but for two K twenty to be sitting there with a tag on it that says thirty dollars, twenty nine ninety nine after this game just came out, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Like it's. Um... I don't know what else to say about it because I don't want to level into it so much because again I know people that work in this industry. It's it's not good. It's a it's a it's a fucking nightmare, and um, it really is. It really just shows what happens when publishers and I'm looking at 2K. Unfortunately, I am looking at 2K. Make deadlines that are unrealistic. Like, if a deadline is unrealistic for some reason in any other line of work, in my line of work, the deadline gets moved and things get adjusted. But in the gaming industry, because you can release patches, because you can release updates or whatever you want to fucking call them, the game just still gets shifted out. I remember when Assassin's Creed Unity came out and I got Assassin's Creed Unity on release date and I love Assassin's Creed. It's still my favorite game series despite Unity, but I got that on a release date and it was unplayable, literally unplayable at one point because you got two hours in and you had to sneak into this French mansion and the game became unplayable because the guards saw you no matter where you hid you could hide behind no matter whatever you wanted to fucking hide behind the game was so broken the guards saw you automatically so you failed the mission and got chucked back to the start and it wasn't until a patch got released 10 days later that the game became playable again everyone was stuck at this mission because the mission was so broken Shit yeah. like that shouldn't be acceptable, but because patches came in and updates came in and people could release these things and developers could release these things, it somehow became acceptable. And 2K20 is not as broken as that, but it's clearly fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, the the just like the character models and uh, alone, like they look two generations know. before where they should be. Like they look like maybe... 360 or ps3 era uh character models uh at least from what i've seen and it that is just not acceptable in in it's, today's world and you're right you're right when you yeah it's right when you say that like that a yearly franchise like this um needs to maybe maybe it's time that the whole like thought process behind these yearly franchises changes a little bit 
And even though you may not release a full game every year, you hold back some content so that for that year that the that a full game isn't going to come out, you release like a big DLC or something. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe so, some sort of thing needs to get changed so that when the big, um, what is now a yearly game, comes out, you've already had two years to work on it. Like right now, they should be working on 2K 2022. You know what okay. I mean? Hundred percent agree, and that's what to go back to my wonderful Assassin's Creed and on about Unity was such a mistake and blah blah blah. They don't do yearly games anymore. Assassin's Creed um, Origins came out, the one that was set in Egypt. Two years later, Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes out. There isn't an Assassin's Creed game this year. They're on about doing one again next year. They're skipping years now because they've realised. We can't do these yearly games anymore. We had it great up to a point. They then they did. They did the whole Ezio series, and then they did Black Flag. Unity was a mistake. They tried to correct it with Syndicate, and it didn't perhaps go well. But then they did kind of correct it with Odyssey and introduce new things. And then Origins is a uh, sorry Origins then Odyssey. So they then went on Syndicate to Origins and then Odyssey. But they then started not doing them yearly because they realized perhaps it's a mistake. And it's something that comes on with these sports franchises because FIFA does it, NBA does it. And it's not so much the game development, it's the licensing. Because because everyone gets a slice of the check, everyone wants it yearly. And that just leads to a lack of revolution because everyone's getting a slice of the money, but we can't stay on gaming forever Two two K 20. It's not gone. Well, uh, well I, I have, agree. I, I, and I, I, I agree a hundred percent that it has not gone well, but something that looks like it is going well is uh, a little trailer came out um, this week for the latest James Bond movie, no time to die. Daniel Craig is back as old man, James Bond. Um, have you seen the trailer for No Time to Die? I have. And, um... I I think it looks fucking fantastic. I think it looks pretty great. I... And if you're a regular listener to the Naked Men podcast with myself and Ben underscore E-B-E-R-T, let him know what you think of WWE 2K20, by the way. He, and, he um, wants to know. He wants to hear your feedback. Yeah, he's not sure if he should pay full price for it. Even if it's on offer, he is considering paying full price. So let him know. And that's Ben, B-E-N underscore E-B-E-R-T. Write him a review in 280 characters or less of WWE 2 If you need to make it multiple tweets if you need to make it like you know a few tweets long just to really get your your thoughts like fleshed out and everything please make sure to do that that's a ben underscore e-b-e-r-t you know i listen to the entirety of this podcast and the last thing i will do is give you his phone number and (laughs) but um oh man that's next level (laughs) that's next level i have um we we have a running joke on the fact that we love the fact Daniel Craig is doing more James Bond movies because he literally said word for word in an interview that he would rather slit his own wrists than play James Bond again. And this is the second James Bond movie he has done since that interview. 
<laughs> yeah, every James Bond movie fun. that comes out, he says it's the last one because he's always like breaking his ankle or like I love this. or breaking you know an arm. What? It's not so dissimilar to the fact that after me and Jimmy, uh, me and Jimmy did a wrestling review a long time ago for uh, WWE Extreme Rules, and after the recording was done, Jimmy said he would rather kill himself than talk to me again. But before every, before every podcast, I give him uh, physically a giant sack of money filled with dollar notes. Uh, so I even convert it to American for him. It's all dollar notes. Huge sack. I have to back up a truck to give it to him before he does podcasts with me. And, true. Um, I am the Robert yeah, Downey Jr. of this podcast. It is true. He's got all the licensing rights to Rogue Opinions. He gets 50% of all the money we make. And, and uh, um, Ben Weissman, my, uh, my my lawyer, you've heard that. That's now <laughs> that's now on record. I have the licensing <laughs> rights to all of Rogue Opinions. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we get it. And I, I think that's probably how they, they get Daniel Craig to do James Bond movies, is that he goes, oh, I get 50 million for it. So they go, yeah, and they go, well, I want to see it. And then a truck just goes, meh, 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 just it's, up to his house. It's like... <laughs> It's like that episode of South Park from this season when Randy goes over to China to sell his weed, his integrity <laughs> weed. And once he uh, comes, once he's back from China, you just one of the cut-ins for like the beginning of the scene is just the, um, a truck that is dumping money onto the front lawn of the farm from um, from China. And I assume that's pretty much what happens at Daniel Craig's Palacio Estate, wherever he happens to live these days. And um. I mean, it seems to work out, though, because this trailer is fucking unbelievable. It looks so goddamn good. Um, there's a line in the trailer where he runs into the new double O, who's a lady. Um, and she says to him, you know, this isn't your place anymore. You're not meant to be uh, involved with this. And if you get in my way, I'll shoot you in the knee. There's a brief pause for dramatic effect. The one that works, because as we know from, I believe... <laughs> was casino royale where he was uh that he had like the the bum knee situation where he got yeah. uh the character james bond got injured slightly because uh james bond is definitely an old man here in uh, in this he's retired it looks like it looks like he's put the spy world behind him but then of course just like every great action hero he gets dragged back in um and he, I don't know why I want Vince McMahon on that, but God. Saudi Arabia is booking this movie. <laughs> is booking this this movie, um, but then you have you have Blofeld coming back in the trailer. Um, Rami Malek appears briefly as uh, the villain, and he looks great as a bad guy in this movie. Um, the action looks intense. The Aston Martin is there. Um, I mean, the No Time to Die trailer is available now, and it looks absolutely stunning. But Nathan, did you know? Did you hear that James Bond's return wasn't the only return this week in the world? And I believe this time we're going to switch briefly over to the world of professional wrestling because another thing came back this week, the list. The list of Jericho made its return. It is now the lexicon of Le Champion. And if I may, if I may just briefly, um, Le Champion of AEW one Christopher Jericho, who I've had my dis my discrepancies with one Christopher Jericho this year, as you may have heard back in our archives. You may hear that I have not been the biggest fan of his. 
But God damn it, if he doesn't know how to turn my opinion around on him as a character, maybe not as a person. Um, but uh, he he's just so goddamn good here. He came out with a list or a lexicon where I don't believe he understands the meaning of that word. But, you know, he, he has a lexicon. <laughs> he decided these are the people he's not going to wrestle in 2019 any longer he's done with them. Uh, if I may read from the lexicon, John Moxley... John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Papa Buck, Uncle Buck, Buck Owens, Moxley, Hangman Page, Diamond Dallas Page, Page, Moxley, Scorpio Sky, Too Cold Scorpio, any member of the Scorpions, which those guys have suffered enough, let's be real. Uh, <laughs> Moxley again, Michael Naka, 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 Nakazawa, Kenny Omega, Kenny Ortega, Kenny Shields, Kenny Chesney, Kenny from South Park, which... God damn it, he's been around for 20 years. He's been taking bumps like a pro. He deserves a title match. I disagree. Um, Moxley, the chubby guy over there with the popcorn in the fifth row. The ugly guy with the dumb glasses over there in the third row. Moxley again. Darby Allen, Rick Allen, Allen Jones, which to you and me, we know him as one. AJ Styles. Um, Moxley, Evil Uno, Angry Dose, Hateful Trace, Moxley. And then he starts to say Marty. And then is cut off by the music of the person who interrupted him uh, during this promo, which was Jungle Boy setting up a match in two weeks, I believe. Or, yeah, two weeks um, at the year-ending show for AEW Dynamite, where it'll be um, John... Um, uh, excuse me, uh, Jimmy. Uh, so, uh, um, you cut me off during our Survivor Series review. Can I um, put my smart cat on for a second? Uh, it sounds like it's already well fastened, but please continue. <coughs> so I've got I've got Esma and um, Jungle Boy. Uh, he actually has a zero and eight and um, <coughs> an eight record in AEW. So why is he getting a match with Chris Jericho for the world title? And. Uh, I know no one said it was for the world title, and it's not for the world title, but it's just bullshit, Jimmy. Like, uh, why is he getting a title match? Because <coughs> uh, he, he slapped it, the jowls of, of Le Champion. It's, it, it's just it's just, so, <coughs> it's just so wrong. Like, uh, uh, he is a zero. They said wins and losses mattered, Jimmy. Um. Yeah, okay, so if I may put my... Uh, uh, sympathy for the devil hat on. Um, the, the, the reason why I believe this is happening is because um, they don't want to have to blow through the Moxley match yet. Um, and they're probably going to build to that a little bit. And there's going to be a little bit of a like fun interference with, uh, you know, uh, Marco Stun and Luchasaurus has that. Presumably there will be a match with Luchasaurus versus uh, uh, Jake Hager. Um, uh, and um I, I believe that they, because we we know Jungle Boy isn't going to win this match. But yeah, the thing yeah, that I think yeah. is most effective lately going through AEW is the fact that they're taking some of these um, predominantly, um, at least in the AEW universe or whatever, uh, these predominantly um, tag team wrestlers, and they're giving them singles opportunity, as we've seen with Trent, oh. where Trent has gone up against both members of the Lucha Brothers, uh, which Trent. he's at Trent Trent Beretta. Of the best friends. Um, he's been oh, okay. in a lot of singles action lately. He was actually in a fantastic match uh, with uh, Ray Phoenix 
um, this, ah. this week on Dynamite, which fantastic. I mean, the, 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 one of the main success stories from AEW, I think has been Ray Phoenix. Uh, he's, his finisher alone is worth the price of admission. He does a spin out muscle buster bomb. Um, 100%. yeah, it's really uh, crazy, but I, I think love, I love them. I, lo- I love, um, sorry to cut you. Sorry. No, go, go, go. Um, I love them both. I love uh, Ray. Ray Phoenix, as Ray Mysterio always says, so I always say it. I don't know if that's right or not, but um, Pe- and Pentagon Jr. I, I love Pentagon Jr. Pentagon yeah. Jr. I, I love Pentagon. He's been a little so much. He's I know been a in a underwhelming. In, I think in AEW. In AEW, yeah, from what I've seen, he's not let loose, and I know Ray Phoenix has um really taken advantage of the chances that he's had in Pentagon Jr. His best work from what I've seen. So you smarks don't, 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 don't attack me by telling me all the stuff he's done in Mexico. Uh, Impact Wrestling, I, the shit he did in Impact Wrestling with L- L- LAX. That's when I and fell And Sammy Callahan too. The, the matches he had with, with exactly. Callahan were exactly. insane. Oh, they were mental, and um, so that's when I fell in love with Pentagon Junior. But sorry, you were talking about Jericho. Um, so the thing, the thing that I think uh, is has been working is that a couple weeks ago, um, he wrestled uh, Scorpio Sky for the AEW World Championship, um, and he really elevated this predominantly mid card guy. I, and let's not forget, Jericho is forty nine years old. Um, he's probably on what would be his last run as far as being a main eventer and being full time. Um, before, before I forget, cause I'm going to forget to ask you this question. This is actually one. I, I have several questions actually, Jimmy, that I've not told you about, but I wanted to ask you during this podcast. And so I'm going to ask you it now. Okay. Do you think, Jericho is elevating these people. He signed, we know he signed a multiple year deal with AEW. If you had to put your gut on the line before he officially retires, do we hear break the walls down in WWE one more time? Um like as like a like an in-ring thing or yes. Does he return to WWE in ring before he retires properly? I'm going to say with the way things are now, I mean, never say never, obviously. Um, If I could see him maybe getting the nod for coming back and being in the Hall of Fame at some point, but it will not happen as long as he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. I think we do. I think we see Jericho in WWE again. For one, I think his final run as a wrestler will be in WWE. I, See, I, I think it he, all depends he, on... He loves WWE. Like, even to this day, if you listen to his podcast, which I know you don't very often, he loves WWE. Yeah, There's, and they gave and him a bigger platform and they let him become the, the kind of the star he uh, is today. I think it's it is that thing where... They gave, They didn't give him everything. He earned it. That's the wrong way of wording it. He earned everything he has in life. But the platform he has in life, because of WWE, feels like the wrong way to word it, because I've just said because he earned it. But it kind of is. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's pretty much what I was saying was that they provided him a platform. They didn't hand him anything other than, hey, we're, we're going to put you on TV. If 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 you remember, um, we we were we we are still doing, but we were doing uh, the retro SmackDown uh, episodes uh, for yeah. a little while, pretty consistently. And that was when we started. It was pretty early into the Jericho run, and he was wrestling was Road Dog and. Now. Yeah, he was on the first SmackDown. He was he does a lot of like odd things. He was doing uh, the um, uh, the Howard Finkel thing. He had Howard Finkel as like his buddy uh, and whatnot. And they had uh, different little things that were going on. And he wasn't he. If you remember, he doesn't really catch on until about two thousand one, two thousand and two. Um, after his first run kind of yeah. goes nowhere. Um, and then they afford him the opportunity to be in the undisputed championship. Uh, the Undisputed World Championship Tournament in 2002, I think it is. And then, as we all know, just in case you haven't heard it over the last 25 years, um, Jericho has beaten uh, beats The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night to become the first ever WWF Undisputed Champion. And that happens, and it starts to afford him more opportunities in the way of being able to choose what he wants to do. And then obviously him being able to uh, reinvent himself constantly, like the suit wearing uh, short hair Jericho, the matches with Shawn Michaels, like at WrestleMania 19 and in 2008 at No Mercy, the ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship, the Mm -hmm. match that he hit, the series of matches he had with CM Punk, where uh, he was trying to get CM Punk to drink. Uh, even though punk is straight edge, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there, there were like, there's a lot of there. No, I literally, I had like a whole like thing going on cause I was talking a little much, but yeah, it, Jericho is constantly reinventing Oh, well, you know, well, you know, on about, oh, okay. I'll tell you this on off the recording. Okay. <laughs> um, they, <laughs> they, uh, Jericho Jericho has like forged his own path for sure, but they did give him the platform to make those decisions sort of work. Like when he introduced oh, the yeah. list and he introduced the scarfs and everything like that. I mean, Jericho is one of the best of all time. He is the Madonna. He is, he's the, for everyone says, oh, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and Ricky Steam, Steamboat and whoever you want to say are, the best in-ring performers of all time. Jericho, as everyone calls him, he's the Madonna. He's the, no matter what era you put him in, he will be a main eventer. He will create something to be a main eventer. And he's talked about it on his podcast before, about how it wasn't until 2008 where suited Jericho that he cemented his place as a main eventer. And I do think, for me, suited Jericho and monotone talking Jericho is the best Jericho. And I know some people say WCW Jericho. I We didn't get WCW in the UK. So I didn't watch it at the time. So I can't, I can't, I can watch it now and tell you it's amazing. But I wasn't watching it at the time. So it doesn't have the same effect where it suited Jericho. That was the best Jericho for me. I but, think, I agree. I like suited Jericho a lot. Um, But the, there was, um, in WCW, I think the stuff he did in WCW is far better in retrospect. And I loved Chris Jericho when he was cruiserweight champion, when he was TV champion in WCW. I remember loving Chris Jericho a lot back in the day, even though he was a bad guy and you're supposed to not like him. Uh, I remember yeah. liking I remember liking him a lot, but I think that now in retrospect, you're able to look back and go, yeah. okay, 
this is some of the stuff that he retained over the years and he refined and he made more clear as he figured out what he wanted to do and when. Because, I mean, even if you look back at the Smoky Mountain days and ECW and all that other stuff, he always had certain... Certain portions of the character you're still seeing to this day. He but had a way learned... to. Uh, he had a way to be different, as you say. He he always had a way to stand out, and I think maybe part of that came from the fact he was. For now, he's bigger than a lot of guys, but for back then, he was undersized. Absolutely, yeah. And him and Lance Storm. You, I've heard Lance Storm talk about that over the years as well. About how him and Jericho were undersized. They were they were seen as an undersized tag team. And um, but I think bringing it back to AEW Jericho before we just go through the career of Chris Jericho, it could be a, a fucking five series podcast if you wanted it to be. Uh, the lexicon of Le Champion. <laughs> I love saying Le Champion. It's so, it's so great. It's, it's so, so great. great. But um, what he's doing on AEW and what I, I what I, originally I did on this podcast with the Jungle Boy thing, that was a joke, obviously, for those who didn't fucking get it. I know the match isn't for the title. It is of for the what? title. It's not. for the, According to Cody yeah. it's not. Oh, well, because uh, during his promo, he said that the AEW brass have instructed me that I need to defend the AEW championship one more time before the end of the year. Cody Rose has said on Twitter several times it's not for the title and that Chris Jericho it has to have one more match in Oh he, has, he just has to have one more match yeah, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. okay, okay. That right. was the confusion. My parody of that, my poor attempt at comedy was um that Twitter has gone mad and been like, Oh, Jungle Boy has an O and eight record. Apparently the match isn't for the title. So that's why Jericho has accepted the match. And um, I think there's a great chance. I know we're, we're about to get into the echelons of undersized wrestlers. I think this is a great chance for Jungle Boy. This is Absolutely. a phenomenal. If you want to, right now in wrestling, if you want to be someone that's not at that, I know Jungle Boy's kind of over, so I don't want to be mean, but he's not over in the sense that he's a star. Do you get what I mean? He's on the rise for sure. Like yeah. He's definitely a star in the making. If you want to go up against anybody right now outside of WWE, it's Jericho. Jericho will make you. For as much as we perhaps shit on him a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I would, if I wasn't in WWE, I'd want to go up against Jericho right now because he will make you. That, him or Moxley. I think Moxley is another one of those guys who is sort of in that upper that I don't, upper I don't, tier. I don't like Jerry Janela. I, I just, I have nothing against Jerry Janela and I... I Did I say Janela? I, I meant to say Moxley. No, no, no. But I know he faced Moxley on Dynamite this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I so just quit. I've nothing against Jerry Janela. I'm sure he works for a lot of people. I really don't like him. But he is, um, they, that's some, you, there's a there's a story that uh, always gets banded about when I'm hanging out with um, my co-host from the Move Screw podcast, which is uh, all but defunct now. Um, but we um, he likes to tell a story that there's an episode of the podcast that. 
will never be released uh, because <laughs> it's it's us watching Joey Janela versus Glenn Danzig or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, the Jesus, that guy, um, where uh, he jumps off the roof into the uh, the truck that's on fire with all the light tubes and the yada yadas uh, and stuff. And I go off for about 20 minutes about how I don't like Joey Janela and how and I didn't. I absolutely did not like Joey Janela. I didn't get it. Um, but then I saw him wrestle at GCW. That's Game Changer Wrestling for those who may be uh, who may not know. Uh, G- GCW Art of War in 2017, where he wrestled Teddy Hart uh, for like 55 minutes. They had almost an hour long Broadway um, where I think the match just ended at one point. Like there was no decisive uh, victory, but like that's the match that sort of solidified that Joey Janela can be very, 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 very good. Um, but I understand is what I'm trying to get at is I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to say that I understand why he doesn't work for some people, because for a very long time. He did yeah. not work for me either. I'm sure. And um, he's he's very talented. So I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not talented, and um, I'm not saying he, he doesn't have a place. But um, I just don't really like him. But that's different. I, yeah, some, I think there are other some wrestlers just don't work for people. I think that there are other people who are on the rise, especially in AEW, like uh, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. Uh, I love Marco Stunt, but he's he just his size is an issue. Um, I can't ever see him in a one-on-one situation. Um, I've met Marco Stunt. I've hung out with Marco Stunt. He's a really fun dude. Definitely a lot of fun to drink with and hang out with. Um, but like I'm taller than Marco Stunt, and I am not a tall, big person. I'm not a I'm not a large man by any extent of the imagination. Um, unless we're yeah, counts, um... unless it, unless we're at counts, ladies. Hey, 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 um, no, um, and also there there are guys like um like uh, Scorpio Sky who's really come out as like like a real star, and Ray Phoenix too. Ray Phoenix is like a big 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 deal right now, where he's just very very good. Um, they're yeah. doing some, the 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 big point again. They're doing some good stuff. Uh, AEW and um, I think Jungle Boy, Jer- I think Jericho. Obviously, he's going to fucking win, but um, because wins and losses matter so much in AEW, if Jungle Boy wins that match, he's going to get a world title match. And uh, I guess they could do that. I mean, it's that's not out of the realm of possibility. But then they've got that Bash at the Beach show in January, and. I don't know. They're only doing four pay-per-views a year, so I guess they could do whatever they want. I like that. What is your opinion on that, by the way, where they're doing the quarterly pay-per-views a la NXT from the last few years? Uh, Like, especially like... It feels initially, when you tell me that, it feels out of date. But my initial reaction to that is because the only company providing wrestling pay-per-views that have been on my radar for where are we 2019 18 years has been wwe mm-hmm. which is every two months and then it went to every month and then we had that spell where it was every two weeks because uh. it ran smackdown and that was the worst two years uh. of life. Uh, I, 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 I still haven't you know what this is to peel the curtain back um coming up Possibly after this goes up, we've got um, Sean and Carl doing our doing some of the things wrapping up the decade of 20, 2009, sorry, to 2019, wrapping up the decade 
as to some awards and just what people think over here at Rope Opinions Towers. And um, Carl messaged me earlier and he was just telling me all these matches and shit. And he was like, oh, do you think this should be included in my match of the decade? This should be included in my pay-per-view of the decade. I was thinking, I didn't watch half this shit. Because <laughs> it's just so much from WWE. And, um, oh, God, there's just so much stuff that I just hadn't watched. But um, my initial reaction is it makes them different. They're going to get some incredible they're gonna get some great buy rates off of fight tv and itv over here in the uk or bleach report over there in america as well whatever they go with but i think itv is the deal with it where i am in the uk they're gonna get some great buy rates and that's the main thing that's the only thing that matters at pay-per-views it doesn't matter what i think after that they're gonna get some great buy rates which means the performers are gonna get a great payday and that is literally all that matters Interestingly enough, uh, uh, Hangman Page was asked about that uh, in the post full gear media scrum that took place. And uh, he did say that sometimes you got to let bigger stories breathe uh, to to get to the end. Sometimes three weeks in between a pay-per-view before, you know, the 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 go home, then the pay-per-view, then the fallout, and then the three, the two or three weeks that you get to build the next pay-per-view. That's just not enough time to build an effective angle, an effective story. Um, and that's by the time you get to a pay-per-view in two months, I think their next one is in, excuse me, February. Um, uh, I think that's when the next one will be. If I don't know if they've announced it, but I think it'll probably be in February. You know what? You know what? If you're a mainstream wrestling fan right now, if you're a wrestling fan that loves the mainstream shit that's going on, you have three incredible options right now. If you love soap opera and you love drama and you love things to end quickly and move quickly, you have WWE. If you love your stories to be told in four to six week patterns, you have the WWE. And that's soap opera. If you love your stories to have been told in quarterly arcs and told with phenomenal action, you have AEW and you have NXT. You have two incredible options there. And we are so spoiled in that front. And I think the Wednesday Night Wars, which is what the hashtag is and what people love, God you have two phenomenal options. Like I watch NXT religiously now, and I did not before. And I watch a bit of Dynamite, and I love SmackDown. SmackDown is my trash TV. Yeah, for, yeah, and it definitely for is. An, for an hour and a half since SmackDown moved to Fox, I will confess that I watch SmackDown, and I'm not ashamed every week. It is trash a lot of the time it's car crash beautiful trash and i love it and i would i i I won't defend it to the hill because a lot of it's really bad but it's just car and i love it saturday morning i watch an hour and a half of smackdown every week i don't know what the fuck is happening most of the time and it's just beautiful bullshit but i love it and um but NXT and AEW, you have quarterly shows, quarterly takeover. We don't even have a takeover in January before Royal Rumble. The next takeover is February. 
Like mm-hmm. we have that yeah. world's collide shit going on before the I say shit, it's gonna be NXT UK versus NXT. That's brilliant. Like, briefly that's briefly if, if I may, did you hear that uh Walter's uh WWE UK title got stolen in Chicago? No, but I hear it got passed to Kayfabe Court. Oh teasing the content, motherfucker. Can I quickly? You're the NXT UK champion, so your title is out what once every six months. (laughs) When do we see that title? What was he doing with it? Why did he? Why did he have it? (laughs) He was was doing. He was in Chicago for um, uh, NXT and uh, Survivor Series, and um, he just probably had it with him. I guess they did. They I think they did a couple house shows too while they were there for that week, and I think oh, yeah. he was at an Evolve show in Chicago that weekend, and I think it got taken at an Evolve show. That's just what I'm gleaming from what I've read. Uh, I might be totally off base and totally wrong, so apologies to Evolve or anybody that I don't mean to offend, but just based on what I've read from certain outlets and I can't be bothered to look it up now, but I've read it today and um, yeah, it's, it just seems like that might be what happened, whether that yeah. happened from people in the back or, you know, cause it had to have happened at a wrestling show. It's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen at the hotel or at the fucking you think you know, so. skate restaurant that he could have been at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Jericho, Jericho did tweet out actually. Yeah, I did see that. Came- <laughs> said been there hilarious hilarious um brilliant but let's let's move on to um let's get some wrestling news out of the way as we enter the last phase of this this podcast uh raw a lot of stuff happened as a six-man tag did you watch raw uh it monday feels like forever ago um, seth rollins did a thing he, he said sorry. Let's, Seth Rollins in the, Seth Rollins in AOP. Yeah, Does Seth Rollins in AOP is interesting. Um, I like That's that, a good story. Yeah, I think that that could be effective, especially with a good babyface like Kevin Owens. Um, and I think that the Seth Rollins heel turn has really been coming for a long time, even before he lost his fucking his mind on Twitter or whatever. Um, so I think that it's it's definitely something that's uh, useful to like play into where his sort of like Twitter character, his Twitter persona has like sort of come to life. And we're seeing more of like that, like person who doesn't understand the things that he's doing is wrong or like, you know, he sort of seems feels misunderstood or whatever. So I'm into seeing where this goes and I expect AOP to be on side with Seth Rollins if they are not already, but in the shadows. I'm a big yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, we've entered into the obvious problem on Monday Night Raw, which is the absence of a world champion. It's mm-hmm. begun It's begun already, and I know that on the Survivor Series review, me and you had a very specific discussion about the main event, which I think my point was, that's why you have Brock Lesnar. I think I even said those words. Yes. About, I think I said that word for word, in fact, about the main event. And then a few weeks later, we're now recording this podcast and we've entered the opposite of that, which is the issue in having Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that he's not there. 
And I think Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, the OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, they fill that void to a point. Rey Mysterio is there, obviously. They fill that void to a point, but I think there is that issue of the lack of world champion, and we've heard the rumours at this point that Brock Lesnar's done for 2019. I can believe that, and I don't often buy into these internet rumours. Brock Lesnar is not going to fucking wrestle a TLC. Guaranteed. No, he's not. He's not. Um, And we've got some TLC matches to get to later. There's one on SmackDown that I really want to get to, the most interesting one, um, which involves my boy that I've not seen fight at all yeah but we'll get there but let let let's get to it the absence of a world champion now the the champion is an attraction he's a andre the giant type which is you don't need to see him every week but we live in a world where we love to see see things every week also there's another point coming out of raw which i'll get to in a second but jimmy the lack of a men's world champion is the lack of Brock Lesnar already an issue. I think that it's more of an issue at this point because the U S title picture is such a joke. Um, and I like that Rey Mysterio is the current WWE United States champion and whatnot. And I like that feel good moment that he had with Dominic and everything. But for weeks, it was AJ Styles, Humberto Carrillo, AJ Styles, Humberto Carrillo, AJ Styles, Humberto Carrillo. Guess what? AJ Styles is wrestling Humberto Carrillo or Ricochet again. And they got it right. Was it last week? I think with the fatal four way ended uh, AJ losing the United States title. So, I mean, it is on an uptick. But when your mid card title isn't as interesting as a world title could be, um, then you have a problem when your world champion is not there. So, yes, I believe that that plays into it, and it is a definite issue. Also, the tag team division is also a joke. Your tag team champions, the Viking Annoyance, are wrestling local jobber talent every single week. It's been like eight or nine jobber squash matches. I think nine if you include Flash Morgan Webster and um, um, Mark Andrews. Because that's how they were treated. That's how they were. I mean, I like those guys a lot, but that's how they were treated on Raw or whatever. And with the Viking annoyance already not being for me, the fact that they're not in some sort of story or title picture, like title feud with somebody, it's annoying. It's it's really aggravating to see that WWE still doesn't value tag team wrestling. Their mid-card championship is being treated like a lower mid-card championship. And then their world title is just on a farm somewhere like watching Brock Lesnar nearly paralyze Sable with his with his dick and balls. <laughs> I mean, I utterly agree. Uh, completely with the points that you made, I completely agree. I think if your world champion is gonna be, excuse me, if your world champion is gonna be an attraction, which Brock Lesnar is, he's the last attraction in wrestling, arguably. I know the fiend is on his way to being that. But we also see The Fiend every week in some capacity, whether it's Bray Wyatt on the Firefly Funhouse or The Fiend choking someone out. We still see him. And if you're in dark matches, aren't really dark matches anymore. So we see The Fiend's uh, raw camera footage. But Brock Lesnar's the last proper attraction. 
I mean, would you agree with that? Brock Lesnar's the last proper attract. We don't see dark matches with Brock Lesnar. We only see Brock Lesnar when he's doing a promo or he's on pay-per-view. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree that Brock Lesnar is that is at that level at this point in his career where he is the Andre the Giant or yeah for sure he is definitely an attraction match you put Brock Lesnar in any spot on any pay-per-view your your buy rates I guess if you know or your your views on the network are substantially going to go up on a live viewing because people want to see what's going to happen with Lesnar he still he still has that. He is worth and it's an unpopular opinion to do the Twitter thing. Oh, unpopular opinion. He's worth every single dollar. He's worth every cent. But if Brock Lesnar's your world champion, that means your mid card and your tag team titles and I'm only talking about the men's side of the thing. I think the women's side of the thing of the I think the women's side of the action is actually done pretty well. But the men's side, in terms of the mid-card and the tag team, that needs to prop up the fact that Brock Lesnar's your champion. And I, I don't think Brock Lesnar's the issue. I think you're right. I think the US and the tag team division is the issue in that if your main champion is the attraction, your mid-card and your tag team need to be strong enough to prop up the shows that your attraction isn't there because your attraction is an attraction. So they need to be there on the big shows, not the in-between. Now, you can argue, you can then fire back at me and say you need a challenger who can then build to the attractions match because your attraction in Brock Lesnar is probably going to be at the Royal Rumble because that's one of the big four or big five, however you view it. But the yeah, rest absolutely. of it is the rest of it is so weak right now that Brock Lesnar being champion looks like it's the issue, but it's not. Because in, in any number of weeks' time, two or three weeks' time, they're going to reel out Paul Heyman. He's going to do an amazing promo. Everyone's going to be like, oh, I can't wait to watch Brock Lesnar v. so-and-so. And we're all going to realize Brock Lesnar's not the issue. But the issue is the U.S. title and the tag team division isn't strong enough to prop up the fact that our main champion is the attract. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think so. Um, it, it, it does, it does make sense. I I'm actually, I, I was looking into this just now as you were talking, um, through certain social media, uh, not social media, uh, through certain media outlets, uh, like cultaholic or wrestle talk, there has been a lot of conversation, um, about why there has been very few matches at this point announced for the pay-per-view that is taking place next Sunday. Um, and it is, is believed, uh, at least according to Dave Meltzer, that is a yeah. new philosophy being adopted Vince, by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is trying something new. It, um, I saw this earlier, and I might be about to repeat what you're about to say. It's because Vince McMahon's trying a new thing where they believe that network subscribers jump up much closer to the Mm pay-per-view so they're trying to announce things closer because they've basically statistics they've spotted the fact that people sign up a lot closer to the shows than they do in advance so they're going to announce things closer and see if that spikes even further which 
in smarky wrestler Twitter sense, everyone's shitting on, but in statistical business sense, why not fucking try it? Yeah, I mean, they they, really? they really have all the money in the world at the moment. Like, they, they, they have all that dirty Saudi money. They have all the, um, <laughs> they have... They have all that money from the Fox deal, from the USA deal. Um, they're making money hand over fist from um, from NXT at this point because now they're actually making money on it because it's why on a not? network. Um, so why, why not, not fucking try it? Try it? Why not yeah. try it? They, they've apparently spotted a and fuck it. Why not? What? what um, it sounds stupid and it's annoying for, I know a lot of YouTube channels like Cultaholic, who you just named, and like us, we like to do our predictions contests every now and then. It's a bit shitty for us because they announce things a bit late and they're trying it out, but fuck it. If they've noticed a trend. There's no way that this is going to stick around for, you know, this is not going to become the norm. This is just something that they're trying not to increase. The, it might become the norm for the B-rape shows like TLC. And yeah, like your fast lanes and your um, whatever the fuck, your great balls of fire. <laughs> um, it's not going to be the norm for the big ones, like no, not for the rumble. Like because the rumble, as we were just talking about, they're going to have Brock Lesnar already lined up. Could you rumble. imagine going into SummerSlam weekend or Mania weekend with like two matches announced, and you know that you're going to be seeing a six-hour show, so you're like, well, what the fuck? Like no. For Mania, there's no way. For some, some they're not gonna they're not gonna the sell amazing. out a stadium. They're not gonna sell out a stadium with no matches announced. So, and that's what these bigger shows yeah. typically are. Our that stadium shows. Weird. That was weird about SummerSlam this year. Is Summer SummerSlam was only like three and a half hours long, and I remember doing the um. It must have been me and you. Surely it was me, you, and Scott, or it was just me and you for SummerSlam, wherever yeah, the podcast was. But it was only like three and a half hours long. And I remember being stunned when the main event started. And I was like, fucking hell, this show's like three hours long. And SummerSlam was a good show. I, I remember thinking SummerSlam was a good show. I could not. Honestly, if you put a gun to my head right now, I could not tell you a match on that show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless I like look it up, I, I probably couldn't tell you either. I'm trying really hard, and this isn't going to make great radio, but I'm about to goof. I actually could not tell you. Well, what would, an episode, even... what would an episode of this show be if you and I didn't spend a little bit of time perusing the Google machine? So, Oh, my. Jesus. Oh, Goldberg Ziggler. Oh, yeah. That in and of itself. And, um, oh, my God. I don't remember any of this at all. Did I do this? Did I seriously do this podcast? I don't remember yeah. any of this. Uh, after, uh, according according to the to to our uh, our feed, after a slight delay, Jimmy and Nathan take a look back at SummerSlam 2019. The Fiend making a scary debut. Yeah, to CrossFit Jesus overcoming the odds. It was a fun and surprisingly short show. Follow us at Rogue Underscore Opinion. That is from the thing that you wrote. Uh, before right. you posted it to the uh, to our feed, our but podcast that's, feed. That's scary. Cause peeling back the fur, I edit all of these and I post yeah. them. Yeah, I don't remember. I am looking at the card, and I don't remember any of this. The Fiend's first entrance was on that show. Fiend beat Finn Balor. Kofi 
and Orton ended in a double countout. Charlotte Flair against Trish. Kofi, do you remember Charlotte Flair against Trish Stratus? Yes, yes, I do. I do. Now that we're talking about it, I do. Wow. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, so that was AEW Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Aimless Conversations on Rogue Opinions. That's uh, the title for this. Aimless hang on. One, one more thing about AEW Dynamite. Did you see Christopher Daniels try his slingshot moonsault? Oh, that was fucking scary. Oh, my God. That was... I thought... I seriously as someone that has dislocated his shoulder before i thought his shoulder must have gone and he definitely could have landed a little bit worse uh, on that um but i honestly think that he landed probably the best that he could um and uh yeah that match was all right um i think i think that it doesn't help that trent and phoenix had a fucking belter of a match and um Moxley and Janela was really good, at least uh, I thought so. And the uh, the six men to open the show with the uh, the Young Bucks and Dustin Rhodes uh, taking on proud, proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara was um, it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. A lot of people like to uh, like to slag off AEW for their camera angles during this match because like who what uh, do you mind if I strap on the uh, do you mind if I just take the uh, the, the smarky mark hat from you real, real, real quick all right thank you um <clears throat> um so I don't understand why Sammy Guevara went for that shooting star press when there was um there was obviously nobody um on the mat the whole time and they were setting up for spots um it just doesn't make any sense with these, these smarky, with, like, all these people who are, <laughs> uh, who, any of these people who like to say that AEW is out there changing the wrestling world, I think that they're just, that they're killing the business is what they're doing. They're just killing it. Because it didn't make any fucking sense, okay? God. But, uh, but smarky, Mark, uh, it turned out, it, it turned out, the the camera angle was just a bit wrong, and it was just a production issue. And he was actually aiming for one of the one the young bucks, and the young buck just moved out the way, and um, so it wasn't even that bad a spot. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is that with um with all the spots that they're doing, you know, you got these spot monkeys out there, and then you have a, a, a solidified legend in 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 Justin Rhodes, Justin Ronald, whatever you want to call him, he's the natural. Okay, and he, what he was in this match was a hashtag natural disappointment. That's all he was. Uh no, seriously. Uh, let me just take this. This strap is getting very tight around my throat. Um. <laughs> And for some reason, I'm sweaty and covered in acne. And for some reason, my mother is now alive again, and I'm living in her basement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mom, get the fucking meatloaf. Um, So um, I I, I think that if you see, I I saw the other angle of it, too. And the speed at which, I think it was Nick Jackson, the speed at which he got off. Oh, my God. He was set up for the. It was it was incredible, and I work in the wrestling the wrestling industry. Just in case people are unaware, I I do a wrestling YouTube show. I'm also a wrestling commentator. I've been on pay per view. So guys in the UK, if you're running a, a promotion and you need some commentary done in post, let me know. Um, uh, so when you see when you see stuff like that, um, you you chalk it up to oh 
they the camera just wasn't in the right position, which is fine because the match still worked great. There was plenty of fun spots. Um, I like uh, I know you may not have seen it, but um, Dustin Rhodes is doing this thing lately where he's doing the power slam and he'll do like one. He'll do another one and then he'll go to do a, a third one and then he'll stop the person at like arm's length and then like breathe and like hold yeah. on because he's like a man and shit now. And I think that that's really funny. I think it had the athleticism from the Bucks, the like the in-ring prowess from Proud and Powerful. And Sammy Guevara is another one of these like rising stars that is definitely sort of a big deal. Yeah. And he's sort of trying to find his footing. I think this match sort of had it all to a certain certain extent. It's not match of the year quality or anything, um, but it was a very good TV match. And that's what people need to like sort of get through their head is that AEW Dynamite isn't supposed to be the place where you're going to find a match of the year candidate or two match of the year candidates every episode. So people were complaining about episode nine being the worst of their 10 week run so far. They've been on TV less than four months. You know, they've been on TV just over two months and you got to give them time to breathe and figure out what they're doing. And I'm sure that that's what they're going to do after the holiday. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of discussions about what the first full year of AEW dynamite looks like. And, um, for the first 10 episodes of the, I guess you could sort of call it the first series of the show has been really strong altogether. And they don't have the pedigree that WWE has where, you know, you can chalk it up to, oh, well, this is just the way AEW does things or because all they've done before dynamite was a handful of pay-per-views. So we need to, we're still all figuring out as a like internet wrestling community or a wrestling community as a whole, what, what AEW is. And I think that that's a conversation that definitely needs to be had down the line. They need to be given some room to breathe. A hundred percent completely agree. And um, another person that agrees and um, is Eric Bischoff. And they did one of those comrade tops and Eric Bischoff on the podcast. Not that they need advertisement from us, but on 83 weeks was one of those ask Eric things. And to Eric Bischoff's credit, every time he gets asked about AEW's ratings across the last few weeks, he says the exact same words, which it, which goes literally as follows, quote for quote, ask me in a year. Yeah. And um, that's it. That's all you can say. And AEW, you do need to ask them in a year. And he said a couple things about their ratings in general, where he has kind of said, like, they're a little bit worrying because they're, they are low. And I think NXT's, from what he has said as well, as a guy who works in the industry, they're a little bit low as well. And it's because they're competing with each other for the exact same fucking audience. Exactly, and yeah. What I will say is, from what I've watched, um, NXT is much better in ring and i think in ring action you can't fault nxt i think nxt's in ring action is better than AEW dynamite and i think the trouble with if i'm going to go very much over the top in my criticism i think AEW dynamite i think they're struggling for an identity i would agree get, with that yeah you get what i can I, agree with that yeah do you know what i mean I don't when I watch NXT, um, 
NXT Dynamite, sorry, AEW Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when that's, I when, com- that's after WWE buys them in four <laughs> years or whatever, yeah. When I smash them, no, when I watch AEW Dynamite, sometimes they're very good, but I don't know what they're trying to be. And it's not that they're, it's kind of almost feels like they're not trying to be different, but they're not trying to be the same, and they're just ending up being a blurred, this a mess of what WWE and what I expect AEW to be. They don't have the in NXT is very much in ring. There's very little backstage in NXT and there's a fuckload of in ring. It's always very good. Sometimes it's squash matches like this year, this year, sorry, this week we had the forgotten sons against two people from evolve, like in a squash match. Uh, at time of recording, we had that this week. But it's all—it's very much in ring. Well, I think AEW is very much a mixture. I think AEW is just—it's just not quite found what it is yet. Yeah, exactly. So to quote Eric Bischoff, "Ask me in a year." Um, but um, what I think—what I think, um, as far as the in ring thing, I think that's where having the performance center really comes into it. Um, because these guys are, uh, these guys and girls are working with one another literally every day. They're seeing each other every day. They're not really out on the road too much. Like they, they do that like Florida loop or sometimes they'll go, you know, up the East coast or they'll do a show on the West coast. Um, you know, they'll do shows here and there, but overall, I think that having the performance center is what is separating AEW from NXT the most, because a lot of these uh, AEW matches sort of seem like they got in the ring, like an indie, like an indie show almost where uh, the guys will get in the ring uh, before the show. No one else is around and they'll work out some stuff and, you know, they'll try and figure out like, oh, you know, hey, I can do this moonsault if you hold my hand and I do the springboard and stuff like that. So like they know what they can do. And then they try and once these guys have had six, eight, 10 months to work together and girls too. I mean, the women's division is a whole nother conversation to have, but um, once these guys have had a, a while to work together a little bit more, I think that the in-ring stuff is going to get a little bit more crisp. And I like that they're trying new stuff with like the join the dark order and all that other stuff. But you know, ask us in a year, I suppose, because as the things stand right now, I think everything is pretty solid. Yeah, I pretty much pretty agree with that. SmackDown. SmackDown happened. SmackDown, Smackda- was, a real, Smackdown. was a real thing. The SmackDown. The SmackDown. SmackDown, on, SmackDown on Fox, and uh, as they call it these days. Bray. Let's talk about the good first. Obviously, I just said the word Bray, but let's talk about the good first. Bray and The Miz. Yeah, the show the show opened up with a Miss TV segment that devolved into a Firefly Funhouse segment. Um, and if you haven't seen it yet, um, here's the entire clip. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, so Miz comes out and he starts to talk about how uh, his original guest was going to be Daniel Bryan. And because of the uh, amount of violence that took place the, the week before where The Fiend was tearing out the hair of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan would not be uh, in attendance for Ms. TV. As he was continuing on, the Firefly Funhouse theme started, and uh, Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt was up on the screen. Um, he started to talk about family, that being the word of the day, F-A-M-I-L-Y, family. And he said that he had a family, and it showed imagery of 
the Wyatt family, which included Daniel Bryan in that, in like those little flashes. And then he said he has an opportunity to join a new family. And he picked up a picture of Ms. Maurice and their two children, causing uh, Ms. to run to the back. Uh, I thought it was an interesting opening. Uh, finally, it's uh, I said this to you on Facebook um, in our private in our little private message uh, session that we like to have um, that finally this is something where you can sort of get behind the idea of Miz as a babyface because as we all know Miz works better as a heel. Yeah, completely, completely agree. Uh, usually the Miz from this point has always been a better heel. We've finally seen a purpose to face Miz. I think face Miz. To his own confession, even when he's done, because The Miz obviously does a lot of late-night TV shows as as Mike, his real-life persona. He does a lot of L.A. late-night shows where he, he has talked about very recently about how his character can't be a heel these days because Miz and Maurice does such good ratings, which it does, to his credit. He's not talking bullshit there. It, it does good ratings. So the Miz character needs to be a good guy, but finally we've seen a purpose to that. And yeah. In, in the wrestling sense, because I know in the entertainment says the Miz does very well for himself. He hosts a lot of shit. If you follow him on like Instagram and on Twitter and on YouTube and on other social media, the Miz hosts a lot of shit. He's a very busy WWE, man. Oh, he's, he's insanely busy, and I think he's busier than uh, people perhaps give him credit for. He's very busy, and he hosts a lot of stuff. Like, he does a lot of panels for sport as well, I've seen him doing, and stuff. Like, he's a busy guy, and um, he clearly... But this is finally a purpose to face Miz in a wrestling sense. And mm-hmm. uh, You're completely correct about that. And it kind of... It led to... The point where we're not getting at TLC, we're getting the Miz v Bray, but we're getting the Miz v Bray. It's not being advertised as the Miz v Fiend. Yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I full disclosure, I haven't seen all of SmackDown. Uh, it's been a busy couple of days, but um, I heard that he was attacked yeah. by Bray, not the Fiend. It he went backstage and he was looking for uh, Bray, effectively. And he saw this room that was like, he was walking backstage and there was this room that was lit up all red. And he was attacked by Bray. It wasn't actual Bray. It wasn't Fiend. It was Bray. It was uh, Mr. What's the fucking Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Robbins. Mr. Rogers. Rogers, sorry, Mr. Rogers. I always forget that on these podcasts, but Mr. Rogers, Bray, it, it wasn't themed. And now we're getting the matches advertised as Bray Wyatt v. The Miz. That's really interesting because Bray Wyatt was on about the fact that Miz has his family and Bray lost his family. Mm-hmm. That's a very, they, they have a very interesting overlap there. And, yeah, um, so yeah. I do like the fact that the match at TLC is being at, it's being actually advertised as Bray Wyatt v Miz. 
So I don't know how they're going to pull that off. All I can hope is that we're not going to get any fucking stupid red lighting. Well, you would hope so that it's if it's actually just Bray Wyatt, then you wouldn't get the like the red lighting because he's not the horror movie monster, the fiend. Uh, I think that the them changing the dynamic of the Bray and fiend dynamic is actually kind of fun. Like, I think that that might be uh, interesting to a certain extent where like you will see Bray wrestle and you will see, and maybe that opens it up to maybe Bray could lose or maybe uh, Bray. Uh, this, th- this is a way that this is a way that, I don't think that the Miz will beat him. I think we're going to get a bald, like, Amdrag Daniel Bryan back, and he's going to come out and attack Bray Wyatt now that the Fiend isn't around. I believe that this whole thing is going to feed into one another. Yeah, that's the only thing. If it, it is, if the, if Bray Wyatt, Bray is going to lose, and that, that kind of makes you, is the Miz going to walk out TLC Universal Champion? Is it for the title? Yeah. Bray it's going to have to be a DQ or Bray is oh, just going to beat him. That's that's just boring. But um, other stuff on SmackDown, uh, the, the most controversial moment in WWE history, the world melted down into a fuck ton of anger. Jimmy, a guy that calls himself the big dog, got beaten the shit out of. And covered in dog food. Fuck. Are you questioning your ability to watch wrestling yet? Um, yes. Oh, my Yes, 100% God. yes. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I, I hate wrestling now. Jimmy, I hate, I can't look at wrestling <laughs> It's the well, word of fuck. Well, well, if you if if you've watched if you've watched, um, I'm sorry. The, I guess the the wrestling mark oh is back. Give me, give me a second. I, I he's pushing his way in. He's very fat and he's very greasy. I'm gonna move out of the way. Hold on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you watched WWE um, backstage on uh, FS1, which uh, I've made my mother buy the, the the premium cable package just so I can watch uh, backstage. We don't, uh, because, we don't have that in the UK. So so when you watch it, CM Punk said that this 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 Baron Corbin stuff is indefensible. And of course, uh, me and Phil, we go we go way back, and and <laughs> I, I'm inclined I'm inclined to believe Phil when Phil says. That that this is indefensible and it was crap. All right, so oh, I'm, I'm, no. just, I'm, I'm gonna go. No. All right, all right. Th- thank even, you, thank you, wrestling Mark. I, I appreciate that. Been, he's not even been in this shit. I, we don't get FS1 in the UK, but um. Don't worry, nobody's Jimmy, watching. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, I know you're watching it, dude. I get it. It's fine. Whatever. Jimmy, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, chained a man to a pole, beat the shit out of him. And covered him in dog food. Yeah, that's kind of... Wrestling, wrestling's never been worse, Jimmy. Wrestling is fucked. We're all fucked, Jimmy. There's no, there's no more podcasts. There's no more wrestling. Because Baron Corbin beat the shit out of someone. I just, I, I, to be, to be fair, I just think that this, this is kind of below. We're, we're, we're fucked, Jimmy. We're dead. There's no more rogue opinions because Baron Corbin beat the shit out of someone. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Why are you talking, Jimmy? 
we're fucked. Thanks for joining us here, ladies and gentlemen, on Rogue Opinions. It's been a great run. Um, we're, 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 we're fucked, Jimmy, because I don't know if you've seen Jimmy, but Baron Corbin beat the shit out of someone. In a strapped, in a it, strapped into a show. pole. And this guy calls himself the big dog. I don't know. Have you ever heard of My- Jimmy? Have you he- ever heard of Michael Cole? I have. He used to cover wars, you know. Yeah. And now he covers, if I may, the big dog. The big dog. And Jimmy, do you know a dogsy? Dog food. Thank you, Jimmy. They eat dog food. Baron Corbin beat the shit out of someone that calls himself the big dog and then covered them in dog food with his friend. Perennial time traveler because fuck, I'm pretty sure Dolph Ziggler was there at my birth. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has been around for 800 million years, yes. Pretty much. Like, Dolph Ziggler invented oxygen. Jimmy and um, they covered the big dog Roman Reigns in dog food after destroying him they beat the shit out of him but Jimmy I don't know if you've ever read Jimmy do you understand what a crime is a a crime a crime do you understand crime to a certain extent yeah did you know that this was the worst crime to happen to wrestling, this segment? I've heard, I've heard that this is pretty terrible, yeah, that this is up there with the, uh, J- with the JFK assassination, yeah. Jimmy, did you understand that the last thing JFK said before being shot was this was the worst segment in SmackDown history? <laughs> Jimmy, 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 did you know that before shooting himself in the head, Hitler said, don't cover Roman Reigns in dog food? I just don't understand why why WWE decides that they're going to have to take everything literally. Like, just because you win King of the Ring doesn't make you an actual king. And just because, like, you're called the big dog doesn't mean that, like, you're an actual dog. That's understandable, Jimmy. That that's very understandable, and that's also very logical. But did you know, Jimmy? Did you know, Jimmy? Did you know? Are we we're still doing this bit? Okay. Yeah. What 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 did I know? Jimmy, did you know that the only reason the Titanic sank? It's because of this segment on SmackDown. <laughs> that wasn't because what I was going to say. Oh, okay. What were you going to say? Did you know that Jack only drowned in that water because Rose enjoyed this segment on SmackDown? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she... Please, don't let go! Don't let go. You're going to be okay. I loved this segment on SmackDown. Fuck off, bitch. Fuck off. I'm going to drown in the cold water. 
Do you know what the weird thing was? It wasn't the dog food. It was the fact Dolph Ziggler was there. One more time, you cut out there a little bit. I said that it wasn't that he was covered in dog food. It was because Dolph Ziggler was there. Uh, yeah, yeah, because as we all know, Dolph Ziggler should go to the sun. Pretty much. He he really sh- he, um, he Yeah. Jimmy, did you know that this was the worst thing to ever happen to wrestling? Not just wrestling, mankind. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is worse than 9-11. This is worse than two 9-11s um, that... Uh, that the big dog got beaten up and covered in dog food yep. because King King Corbin likes to believe that uh, that Roman Reigns is actually a big dog. Yeah, they weren't. Jimmy, that's really interesting. You said that they weren't going to hijack those planes, but then they saw the script. Yeah, 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 that, that, and that's a fact. That that's a that's a cold hard fact. That's how bad this segment was. But do you know what, Jimmy? I actually have a better question for you. Do you? I would yeah. hope you. I would hope you would. It's it's really interesting, and um, it is in fact what brand of dog food did they use? Uh, Alpo. I'm gonna I'm gonna think it was Alpo. Well, do you know what's Alpo to this? It's who's gonna play Snake in the MGS movie. Have they have they announced that? Yeah. There's a script. No fu- no fucking way, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a script. <laughs> I, I, I I this is this is new this is new information. I'm not fucking around. This is new information to me. No, this is real. There's there's gonna be a Metal Gear Solid movie. I knew that I knew that they were working on a, an MGS movie. I nope. didn't know that there was a script and that they had announced who's going to be Snake. No, they've not announced who's going to be Snake, but there is a script. Okay. Um. I mean, who would you like to see as Snake then? Uh, Chris Christopherson. Really? Yeah. You don't think like maybe uh like maybe like a, a uh, like a Michael Fassbender or someone who can like really like get like jacked. And into it. You're telling me Chris Christopherson can't get jacked? He's probably jacked right now. He's probably getting jacked right now. Oh, you know what? You know what just came into my mind? A revolver ocelot could be Mads Milkinson. Yeah, that's such a really fucking good idea. Chris Christopherson fighting him. I'd be with that. If they went exactly by the game, uh, the film would make no fucking sense because the games didn't make any fucking the game, sense. All the games are... <laughs> Can you imagine if the movie ends uh, in like a fission mailed kind of way where like the <laughs> and like the fucking codex comes up and you just like I like the slap jawed fucking wh- what is that whole thing where I need scissors 61. I just imagine that someone in the theater has to get up and change the memory card slot <laughs> so that they can get past Psycho Mask. <laughs> <laughs> so each theater has to have a memory card in it and you have to move your fucking controller with it <laughs> so, oh god that'd be amazing actually you talk about 3d experience that'd be amazing oh i would go and see um um like i i would like to go and see like a movie in like 4dx 
and it's like an MGS movie. And like anytime something like crazy happens where it's just like halfway through the movie, like the actor just randomly falls off the side of a cliff because he's not <laughs> you just here. Snake, snake, snake. snake! <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. But, uh, but speaking of snake, 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 snake. I mean, I, I yeah, I've got nothing. I think we're pretty much done here, Jimmy. All right. Um, so the, I, I have one little story here um, that kind of struck me as awkward. Um, do you remember that they came out with a live action version of Aladdin earlier this year? Yeah, I didn't see it, but I do remember it. Well, uh, a lot of people did see it. It made a billion dollars worldwide, uh, which is a lot of fucking money. Um, and um, the guy who played Aladdin, um, Mena Mossad says that he hasn't landed a single audition since playing Aladdin. Well, fuck, Jimmy. I can't think why. Um, and then Will Smith had a reaction, uh, according to Entertainment Online, etonline.com. He says, the thing about this business, uh, that it's unlike life. It's hard by design. It, that it's not unlike life. It's hard by design. Uh, it's like the universe, God, whatever you believe, designed it to be hard. So if you're having a hard time, it's because you're supposed to. Um, the difficulty uh, – sorry, I'm terrible at reading out loud. The difficulty is overcome by patience, commitment, dedication, endurance. So if you have a dream, you desperately have to be willing to work on it every single hour of every single day with the deepest love and focus. You cannot get around having a hard time. All together saying, I'm Will Smith and I'm not going to help you. Um, to uh, this guy who, he, he was an all right Aladdin. I think he was all right on camera. And I think that, like, if they put him in something, you know, like, I think it would be, you know, like, fine. And he said, uh, Masad, um, Mero Masad said, um, I'm kind of tired of, stay, of staying quiet about it. Uh, I, want, I want people to know that it's not always dandelions and roses when you're doing something like aladdin he must have made millions on this thing like he like yeah. i mean but that's what he says too he said it must he must have made millions he must be getting all these offers and it's none of those things i haven't had a single audition since aladdin came out and i think that that's a little ridiculous where you have a 250 million dollar movie or however much money this movie costs and you have will smith in it and stuff and then the lead actor just disappears for the, what is going to be a year, two years, because he's even if he gets something tomorrow, the, a movie that he's in isn't going to be out for at least a year. So, I mean, what do you make of this whole thing where, like, a big act, a lead actor in a big movie with Will Smith in it is having trouble finding work? Um, I mean, that's that's what happened to Hayden Christensen. In the prequel, in uh, the prequels and Star Wars as well, he he was obviously Anakin and um, Vader's as well. But he he had, he had a lot of issues after that, and I think I I don't know because I've never been in that position, so I can't speak for it. But it's just Hollywood's not as bright and as easy as you think it's going to be sometimes. And Hayden Christensen, he, he's never recovered from the prequels, Attack of the Clones, and 
uh, Revenge of the Sith. That's because he was because well, he was fucking awful, dude. He was goddamn awful. That's why he was fucking awful. Yeah, I keep I keep pretend uh, I'm trying to be nice, but I just think to be honest, mate. I don't like sand. <laughs> oh god, that scene. Yeah. So it's it course he's like but fuck off, Aiden. <laughs> I, you know, all right. It, it's it's at the time of recording just today if I know it's three forty five AM in the UK, so please forgive me for what I'm gonna say. Maybe he was just fucking shit at being Aladdin. I mean maybe. Okay. I was trying to give a nice answer where I was comparing him to Hayden Christensen. You know what? I've not had an audition. Go to some auditions. Stop trying to ask for fucking auditions and just go to some and prove yourself to be a good actor. You were fucking Aladdin in the Disney remake of, of it. You're going to yeah, live on I residuals guess... of this film for fucking ever. What the fuck are you moaning about? Go to some auditions. Earn your right to be in some better fucking films. I didn't see Aladdin. Everyone tells me Will Smith was good. But fuck, man. Stop fucking moaning. And just go to some fucking auditions. What do you want from life? Jesus Christ. You're the not animated Aladdin. Fuck. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe if he like was in LA and he had uh, uh, an agent or something. fly there. It's not fucking difficult to get to. Go there. Go to some auditions. That's what Dave Bautista did. And he's fucking Drax Destroyer. He's going to smash Dana Brooke. He's probably smashing her (laughs) right now. For fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Rub a lamp and shut the fuck up. All right. Well, then, uh, so unless you have any more questions for me, I guess that would probably be, um, that would probably be, sort of it i mean i don't know if you have anything left would you rub a lamp and fuck off that's us ladies and gentlemen Uh, (laughs) i'm gonna go and rub i'm gonna go i'm gonna go rub what some people consider a lamp and fuck off uh fuck off (laughs) thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining us here on aimless conversations uh the whenever we don't have enough content podcasts. So it won't be every week. It won't be every month. It'll just be every once in a while, we're going to drop in and uh, sort of shoot the shit sort of aimlessly and just sort of just like get some stuff out there. So you guys can enjoy it. And we hope that you guys have enjoyed this. Nathan, tell the people where to find you and then I'll cover everything else. Yeah. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway or at rubber lamp and fuck off. Check <laughs> uh, back for the archives. We've got the AEW full gear review where i didn't just rub a lamp and fuck off fuck me and um survivor series as well where we smashed scott and paul's rambling podcast you've obviously got the naked men podcast as well we're there every single goddamn week but otherwise you can always find rogue opinions at rogue underscore opinions and jimmy what have you got going on uh, as, as always, every single Monday on the Pro Wrestling Magic uh, YouTube and Facebook pages, that's pro, uh, sorry, facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic, we have a little show that we like to do called Monday Morning Magic. It's a little look inside the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom, and there's going to be matches, sit-down interviews. We're currently building to our biggest show of the year. 
uh, which is on uh, December 28th. So if you are in the New York and New Jersey area that weekend, please come and see us in Ritual Park, New Jersey. Uh, again, that's Monday Morning Magic on YouTube and Facebook, uh, the Pro Wrestling Magic Facebook and YouTube pages. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Riot. That's M-R-R-I-0-T. And if you go on Amazon and you look up the assorted uh, collection of short stories called Assorted, uh, I have a couple short stories in there, so please read them or go on uh, your podcast browser and look up Nerdopotamus. Uh, there's a couple of uh, episodes in there. I'm episode three, I believe, is one of my short stories that's in there. It's called Overnight. It is a horror short story. Uh, from a first-person perspective. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, I hope that everybody hears it, enjoys it. And thank you for listening to us all the way through all of this aimless bullshit and keeping Nathan up because my old man body decided to take a nap for four hours. Um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, for Nathan, I'm Jimmy. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Share is out, he had a thousand tails. But master you in luck, cause up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now. Some heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch, pizzazz! Job you and house, all you gotta do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Lancer, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs>